Welcome to Outreach Church. Thanks for checking out this week's message. To hear more, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or visit outreachchurch.net for downloads and service information. Hey guys, um, good to see you again um, in your homes. It really is a joy to be with you. Uh, I was thinking as Dylan was talking about that, about how because of a decree of the government of everyone returning to their home, Jesus was born and, and birthed where he was supposed to be birthed. And I was just thinking how amazing it's going to be that because of a decree of the government today for everyone to return to their homes, I feel like there's going to be this birthing of Jesus in this time as revival begins to spread and sweep the land. And, and, and man, it's crazy because it's like God didn't get caught off guard when Caesar decided that there had to be a census taken and, and that Joseph would have to return to Bethlehem. In fact, it was prophesied that he would be born in Bethlehem, yet he would be a Nazarite. And God used the government of the day to bring about a prophecy of his to be fulfilled and Christ be brought forth into the earth in the time and in the place that it was already decided that he would. And so I, I honestly believe like this hasn't caught God off guard and he's going to use everything that's going on right now, whether it's, it's what the government is doing or, or what his church is doing in response to his word to bring forth Christ and show Christ to the world. Uh, and so I'm excited about that and, and I hope you guys are too. Um, and these are, these are pretty crazy times. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't think that God is, is caught off guard. I don't think that he is um, not prepared for this because he saw the day that this would happen and the way we would respond and the things that the government would do and ask us to do long before the day ever came. Um, and this is just one of those good works that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in. Um, so if you have your Bibles, open up to Exodus chapter 13, and I want to talk to us today and just encourage us from the book of Exodus and from the, the story of the children of Israel um, with the idea that, that God believed we were ready for this, um, that, that God believes in us and that he believes that, that our knowledge of him and who he is and who we are in him has prepared us uh, for this day. And so um, Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 says, now when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near. For God said the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Hence, God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea. And the sons of Israel went up in martial array from the land of Egypt. Father, thank you for your word. I thank you that, that even a few sentences uh, from one chapter in one book can reveal your heart towards us and to us. And I just pray, God, that as I speak today, that, that your spirit would, would give me words, that, that, that we would hear from your heart, God, that, that our minds would be open to hear and, and, and our ears would be open to hear and our hearts to hear and to receive um, the seed of your word, God, that, that our hearts would be good soil, Father, that the seed of your word would go deep in our hearts and it would produce fruit, God, abundant fruit, fruit of joy and peace and love and, and, and long-sufferingness and self-control, God, that a world that doesn't know you, especially in this time, as people are, are, are afraid and looking for answers, God, that they would see the fruit of our lives and know that you're good by tasting of your goodness as you produce fruit in our lives. And we love you, God. We're thankful for who you are and for who you've called us to be in this life that we get to live. In Jesus' name, amen. So God has brought the children of Israel out of Egypt at this point, and, and he's brought them, um, and he's going to take them to the promised land. But, but it says, he didn't immediately take them to the land of the Philistines. 
He says, now, now when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near, for God said the people might change their minds when they see war and, and, and return to Egypt. And so, so God knew what their hearts could handle. And, and, and even though the fastest way for them to get from where they were to where God wanted them would have been to immediately go into the land of the Philistines and make war against the Philistines and, and, and to start to take over the promised land, God said, I, I don't want to take them there yet. Because if I bring them somewhere they're not prepared for, their response will be fear. Their response will be uh, that they don't trust me yet. They don't know me yet. They haven't built history with me yet. And so if I bring them that way, when they see the battle that I definitely intend for them to fight one day. Like this was not a battle that God didn't intend for them to fight. This was not something that, that, that God said, I don't ever want them to fight this battle. It actually was a battle he totally intended for them to fight. And yet he said, they're not ready yet. I don't want to bring them there yet because if I bring them there now, they might get afraid and want to return back to Egypt. And see, here's the thing. They were ready for the battle the minute they left Egypt as far as God is concerned because all they have to do is believe that they are who God said they are and that they could do what God called them to do. The problem wasn't on God's end. It wasn't that God needed to be something that he wasn't. The problem was on the Israelites' end. They needed to discover who God wanted to be for them and discover who they were in him. And so God says, until that way, that day comes, until they know who I am, and who, until they believe me, until they trust me and obey me, I don't want to bring them there because the, the battle that I have for them to win, they're not capable of fighting yet. And so that's, that's one reason that we can believe that like every battle that God has ever led us into, he believes that we're capable and he knows that we're capable of winning the battle. Uh, he's not leading us to battles that, that we're not capable of winning because he, he, he only wants to lead his people into the battles that he's prepared them for. And so like just take heart right now in this battle that we face and believe that God believes that his church, that his bride is fully capable and fully able of responding the way he's called us to respond and living the way he's called us to live right now in this hour, or he never would have led us to this battle. And so um, it gives us a confidence just to know that. And it's also important, um, and, and this is one of the big reasons why it's so important to know that you're following Jesus. Because if you're following Jesus, then you can believe that every battle you find yourself in is one that he led you to. Otherwise, you could find yourself fighting a fight that you're not ready for, that you're not even called to. And even if you win, at best, it's a distraction because you're fighting a war you were never called to fight. If you know that you're following Jesus and you find yourself in a battle, then you can believe that he believes in you. Like what an amazing thought to think that when God looked down and saw the, the, what the fear and the panic that would grip the earth right now, he looked at his bride, he looked at us, he looked at you, he looked at me, and he said, they're ready to respond with my heart. They're ready to take this enemy on. They're ready to be the people that I've called them to be. They know me. They trust me. I've built history with them to the point that I can trust their response. And so um, I, I wrote this out earlier that even though they were capable of, of defeating the Philistines at the time with the Lord, they didn't know they were. So God said, until they know, I'll lead them a different way because I don't want them to fear and try to go back to where they came from. Until I know what he knows, I'll never see what he sees. Until I know what he believes about me, I'll have a hard time believing it about myself. And so God is saying, listen, I need you to understand not only who I am, but, but who you are when you're in me. 
in who you are when, when, when you go into battle that I lead you into. Uh, and, and, and I think that God honestly sometimes would rather take us the long way if he has to, so that our hearts are prepared, so that uh, we're ready, so that we have the history with him, so that we've built the confidence in him being who he said he would be in the little things, so that when we get to the big battles, we actually respond the way he's called us to respond. He's ready the minute you were born, like God is fully ready to, for, to lead you into everything he's called you into. But, but, but when he looked at the children of Israel and the way he some, maybe could look at us sometimes is to say, I'm ready for the battle. Like it already belongs to me. That's not the issue. What I need are people who believe that they're ready for the battle. What I need are people who won't grow faint and, and won't be terrified and, and, and won't try to run back to where they were. And, and so... It, as I was reading this, I started to wonder, how many things does God have for us that he fully intends for us to walk in that he can't lead us into because we don't know him the way we could know him, because we don't have the history with him that we could have with him, because we haven't maybe sought him in the quiet times, and so when we get to the bigger times, we don't have that to lean on. And, and I was thinking about just how good his heart is that he looks at the Israelites and he says, I want them to go and fight the Philistines, but I know they're not ready for it yet. So I'm going to lead them on a journey that will eventually end with them fighting them. But between where they are and that battle, there's some things that they need to learn. And, and I wonder in our own lives, how many times we haven't actually persevered in the little battles. We haven't taken the road that God's called us to take, and we've, we've taken the easy way sometimes, or the way of comfort sometimes, or we've just said, like, well, God's yoke is easy, his burden's light, that seems hard, so it can't be the Lord, when really it is the Lord, and he's saying, like, listen, if you would just walk through it with me, that's when you would understand the ease of my yoke, that's when you would understand the lightness of my burden. My, my yoke actually feels heavy when you're going in the opposite direction, it feels light when you're walking in the direction that I'm calling you to walk, because you're walking with me. And I was thinking about, like, in my own life, like I want to be ready for every battle. I don't ever want to show up to a battle that I'm not ready for. I don't ever want to show up somewhere and realize that like I didn't do the things leading up to this battle that, I, that God called me to do that would have made me ready. And, 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 and I certainly never want to be in a place where what I see in front of me terrifies me more uh, than, than the thought of, of going back to where I was. And he said that about the Israelites. He said, if they see the battle I'm calling them to now, they will probably turn fearfully and want to return back to where they came from. And so you can see that like the first few times they face something, what was in their heart gets revealed right away. You, you know what's in your heart, not by what comes out in the easy times and in the good times, but what's truly in your heart is revealed during the hard times, during the times of battle, during the times of testing, during the times where where people maybe don't treat you the way that they're called to treat you, but yet Jesus' response still looks the same. He's so challenging because he sat and laughed with his disciples in the good times, but he also hanging from a tree with life barely in his veins still, looks out at the very people who did it to him, and his concern is for them. Father, forgive them. They just don't know what they're doing. And the truth of the matter is, from the outside looking in, it looks like they actually did know what they were doing. Because when he stood before them, 
next to Barabbas, they said, give us Barabbas. And Pilate said, well, then what will I do with this man Jesus? And they said, crucify him. Let his blood be upon us and upon our children. And I think sometimes we have an easier time forgiving people when we genuinely believe that they didn't know what they were doing. But you have to understand that, like, Jesus is looking at the people who screamed, crucify him, and let his blood be upon us and upon our children, and says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He's not saying they didn't know that they were going to really crucify me. He's saying they don't understand who I am. And because of that, they don't know who they are. And then he calls us to be like him. And I, I, I didn't plan to talk about this this morning, but some of you need to realize that like, it's not okay to just be like Jesus when people accidentally do things. In fact, it's really important that we respond like Jesus even when people know exactly what they're doing and intentionally do things to try to harm us or to hurt us because that's when true love is shown. Jesus was talking about this with the disciples. Remember, he says, what good is it if you love those who love you in return? Do not even the Gentiles do this, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who, who would curse you and, and persecute you. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, everybody loves people that love them back. Everybody loves people that they can make an excuse for. Well, they just didn't know. I'm sure they didn't understand. If they would have known. But what about the person that looks right at you and says something intentionally hurtful or does something intentionally harmful and, and, and does something intentionally to try to hurt you or try to... What is in our heart will come out of our mouth in those moments. And if it's less than Jesus, our response won't look like his. And our response will look like something that justifies us not acting the way Jesus has called us to act. And it's in those moments that, that truth is revealed or that we settle for less than his example and we build a case and we have a reason to not be like Jesus. When Jesus took every single one of those reasons and destroyed them on the cross. And so we see what's in the heart of the Israelites the first time that they come up to a place where they're terrified, right? In Exodus chapter 14, verse 10, it says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. This is why God couldn't bring them to the land of the Philistines. This is why he had to lead them around the long way, because they saw the enemy. And, and here's the thing. The very people that are pursuing them are the people that are saying it would have been better for us to be under. Like you would actually return back to the enemy that's pursuing you and serve them in their home rather than have to fight them in battle. But honestly, like sometimes the dysfunction and the pain and the bondage that we know, even though it hurts, even though we hate it, and even though we've been crying out against it for years, is more comfortable than following Jesus into a place that we don't know and having to put our trust in something that we don't understand. I just want to encourage you and challenge you. Like, don't ever go back to hurt and pain and bondage because 
it's more comfortable than stepping out in faith even when it's uncomfortable. It's always worth it to follow Jesus. It's always worth it to step out. It's always worth it to take him at his word and believe him. And, and, and here's the thing is that because the, the discomfort and the dysfunction and the pain, it may not be good, but it's what we know. And so we know how to exist in that system. And, and oddly enough, it starts to feel like home to the point where when God calls us to a new place and we don't understand like what he's calling us to step into, rather than step into something new, we would rather return back to the place of pain because we understand it and we know it and we're comfortable there. Like this is, this is what the Israelites are doing, genuinely. They're looking at the people who are coming that they're afraid are going to kill them. And they're saying, we would have been better living in those people's homes serving them. Like how many times have we wanted to go back to a place where we were serving the enemy rather than fight him in battle? You've never been called to serve the enemy. Ever. You've only been called to engage him in the battles that Jesus leads you into. And every battle he leads you into, he's confident that if you will trust him and obey him, if you'll believe that he is who he said he is, and believe that you are who he said you are, you can be confident and on the other side of that battle, you're more sure of who he is, you're more sure of who he is in you and who you are in him, and you're ready for the next one when the next battle approaches. Otherwise, you can leave that battle and you can try to go back to Egypt, but God's not going to let you stay there because you can never be comfortable. Once he calls you out of something, he will never let you be comfortable going back into it. You can find your way back in there, but you'll never be comfortable there because there will always be that voice saying, there's something more. This is not where I've called you to live. I've called you out of this. I took you out of this kingdom and I placed you into that kingdom and you're never supposed to live here again. So you might as well just follow Jesus into the battle. And so they say, it would have been better for us to die in the desert. And, and notice that Moses never wants to go back to Egypt. No matter what happens, no matter how bad things go, Moses never, ever once says, God, I just want to go back to Egypt. But Moses has something that the rest of the children of Israel doesn't. Moses has a history with God. Moses has been alone with the Lord. And Moses has wrestled with God. And Moses knows God. And Moses has fought battles already that if the Lord didn't show up, Moses would have died. And Moses would have been in trouble if God didn't come through. And so he's reached this place alone of wrestling with him so that when the people are panicking, Moses stands up in front of them and he says, he says, don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you say today, they will, you will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Moses trusts the character of God, even though God hasn't spoken this time, even though God hasn't told him how it's going to end, even though God hasn't told us how this virus ends or how it's destroyed or eradicated or, or what, what the answer to this is, we, we understand that like he is going to destroy it. He is going to end it. He is going to heal. He is going to move. And at some point, we're going to walk in that victory. And so even before we understand how, we can stand in front of people who are terrified and say, just trust God. Like, you don't have to have everything figured out. Just trust him and let him fight for you. And Moses does this, right? And he's just so brave and so bold. And, but behind the scenes, in verse 15, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. I honestly feel like the word of the Lord to so many people is move on. Just move on. 
why stay there a day longer than you have to? Why sit and talk about what is behind you? Why sit and worry about what the enemy's doing? Why make the focus of your attention the things of the past? He says, tell the Israelites to move on. Move on from what? Well, they were just a minute ago saying we would have been better off in Egypt. What's he saying? Leave that life behind you and move on from it because looking back is paralyzing you and keeping you from moving forward. I promise you, like the Lord would say the same thing to so many of us so many times as we sit in one place knowing where he's called us, yet, yet looking back at what was and being paralyzed in that place in between of, of knowing that he's called us forward into something but not understanding it and looking back at what happened and letting what was paralyze us from what he's saying could be. And I, I feel like the Lord would come and say the same thing he said to Moses, tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, though his char- through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. The Lord said, listen, that thing that's pursuing you, I'm actually going to get glory. If you'll just be obedient and move on and continue to walk forward, I will take care of that stuff that's behind you. I will destroy that, that shout, that whisper, that threat, that, that, that chariot and that horse that's coming, the cloud of dust that it's kicking up, the thing that has your heart gripped right now. If you will just move forward, I will take care of what's behind you, and you'll never have to worry about that again. There's a day coming where everything that you've ever worried about will be completely and utterly destroyed by the Lord and you will never have to worry about it again. Why not live as though that's going to happen now and live in the peace and the security of knowing that he is the God who sees where you are, sees where he's called you to, and is determined to cut off and destroy the enemy that's pursuing you. Why not live that way now in the joy of knowing that that day's coming before the day comes? Because here's the thing, the day is coming And the the problem is, is that if you allow anxiety and fear to grip you and rob your joy in these days when God does show up and he will, you can't go back and relive those days. Those days were sacrificed to fear. They were sacrificed to anxiety. They were sacrificed to worry. They were sacrificed to looking behind you and seeing what's pursuing you rather than looking forward and seeing who's leading you. And when the day comes that he moves and destroys and cuts off everything that's behind you, You can't go back and relive those days. They're gone. I'm telling you, we cannot go back and relive these days. So let's make the most of every single one of them while the day is called today. Like whatever you want to look back on this time and and, and be able to say, you have to live now. Like if you want to look back on this time and say, I drew closer to the Lord in that time, then you have to draw closer now. If you want to look back and say my family grew tighter in in our love and relationship with each other and we established new routines and and, and we made new traditions, then you have to start doing that today. If you want to look back and say like that was a time where where I, I, I sought the Lord in intimacy and he revealed who he was to me more than he ever has, then you have to start seeking him in intimacy today. Because you can't hit rewind once we get to the end and suddenly all the joy sweeps over the land. Can you imagine like how amazing it's going to be when everything gets lifted and life is back to normal and there's no more threat and there's no more fear? Like everybody's going to be joyful then. Who will be joyful now? 
Like, I feel like the Lord is saying, like, who will be the joyful ones now, believing that that day is coming and living in the joy of the promise rather than living under the influence of the lie? And that's what he's calling us to. And I know that he's called us to a place where we can because he would never lead us to a battle that he doesn't believe that we're equipped to fight. And not only just fight, but actually win and and utterly win. Like, not just kind of win and limp away. Like, win in a way that, that makes the world amazed. And so Moses, Moses is brave to the people and then gets before the Lord and obviously is crying out to the Lord for help. And God says, why are you crying out to me, Moses? You know, it's okay to speak in faith and then go to God and be like, okay, Lord, you have to do something. I said what, what, I, what I know about you. I stated your character. I don't think God minds for us to take him at his word and believe that he is who he said he would be. And then for us to come to him and say, okay, God, I stood in front of people and I declared who you were and now you have to actually do it. And God says, Moses, don't worry. Just tell him to move on. Do this. And if you do this, if you'll be obedient, Moses, I'll show myself to them. And what's he saying? He's saying, Moses, I want to show the people who I am, so I'm going to make you do something utterly ridiculous, and that's the way that I'm going to deliver my people because I don't want them to put their trust in you, and I don't want them to put their trust in themselves. I want them to put their trust in me. So Moses, I'm not going to hold back the sun and allow you to fight them right now. There's a day coming when I'll do that. But they're not there yet. What I want you to do is, Moses, I want you to just... Stretch out your rod and your hand. I'll part the sea. You lead them through on dry land, and I will make sure that the, Israel, that the Egyptians chase you. And when they chase you, I'll make sure they, they follow you far enough that they can't turn back, and then I'll utterly destroy them by closing the sea over them. And, and Moses, when they turn back to look one more time, the thing they were afraid of will be completely covered and completely destroyed. There's a day coming when the thing behind you that's breathing threats is completely and utterly destroyed by the Lord. You don't have to wait until the day you see it with your eyes. You can actually live now by faith in that day and let the joy of knowing what he's promised be what you live by now so that when the day comes, you just continue to be joyful because you weren't waiting on seeing it for you to believe it. You believed it even before you saw it. That's what living by faith is. Right now, we have this amazing opportunity to live by faith. We have such an amazing opportunity to live by every word that's proceeded by the mouth of God, to be able to look at anything that comes against us and just say, like, like, even if it's like Moses, where we're like, we stand in front of people who are like, listen, don't fear, trust the Lord. Like, he's going to do something and destroy this thing, and you're just going to have to watch, and you don't have to try to figure everything out. You just keep trusting him and be still and believe that the deliverance of God is coming, and then we get alone in our homes. We're like, oh, Lord, you have to do something. Like, God's okay with that. Because he's never, ever, ever uh, put someone down or, or rejected someone for stepping out and believing for the impossible, even if we don't understand and even if we don't have it figured out. God wants this encounter to change their hearts because he has things for them to do, territory to win, enemies to defeat, and he needs them to trust him so that they will have the courage to face them without fear because they know and trust the Lord. He needs someone who's been with him when others weren't so that someone will have the courage to say, don't be afraid, God will take care of this. I believe he's looking for those people today. I believe he's looking for people who have been alone with him and trust him 
and know him and have been through battle that can stand in front of people who maybe their hearts are fearful and can say, just trust the Lord. I promise he won't let you down. And it's, it's, it's wild that after a while with walking with God, they come to the land they're promised, and yet still only some of them say, let's go take the land for we are surely able. Everyone experienced the same things. Like, like so many people have gone through the things that you've gone through, but how many of them have actually let the things they've gone through change the way they see the Lord and the way they see the world and what they believe about who they are? And, and that's the point of it. Like these stories, these things that happen, like the times with God and our history with God is, is not just so we have cool stories of who he was, but it's so that we actually have this belief deep inside of us of who he is and who he'll be. So that the next time we find ourselves in a situation, we can say, God, this is who you've been. This is who you were. And I know this is who you will be, even if I don't know what it looks like or how you're going to do it. God, I trust you're going to do it. And there was a while later when, 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 they, when they got to the finally fighting the Philistines. Think about how many years between that day in, in Exodus and the day when the army of the Philistines is facing off with the army of the Israelites. And they're finally at the place where God believes they're ready to fight the enemy. Because he, he would never lead them to fight the Philistines until he was sure that they were ready. But even then, they needed one person God needed one person who'd been alone with him, who had a history with him, who had trusted him in battles that there was no way that he could see that he would win, but believed that God called him to it. God needed one little shepherd boy named David to actually believe that he would be who he said he would be and that he would do what he said he would do. And when one shepherd boy acted in faith and dared to step into the valley and take on the Goliath, then it emboldened the army of the Israelites. And it says from that day, they pursued the army of the Philistines and they hunted them down and they overtook them and they slew them. I'm telling you, there's, an, there's a Goliath in the valley and he's shouting his threats. And God is looking for the Davids who've been alone with him, who have trusted him on the backside of the hill, who when no one was looking, trusted the Lord and fought the battles that he called them to fight so that when everyone's looking, they can walk into the valley confidently and know the giant's head comes off and the fear ends today. And today, everyone will see the victory of the Lord. And that's who he's calling us to be. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, I'll close up with that. Um, I want to encourage us, like, I feel this really strong as I was preaching. I didn't even intend to say this, and it just really jumped out at me. Think about what you want the testimony of this time to be. Think about when your family 20 years from now thinks about the, the, the coronavirus uh, uh, shutdown of 2020. What do you want the story of your family's testimony to be? What do you want people to say for generations to come? Like literally, what do you want to look back on that time and say, this is what the Lord did? Do you want to know him more? Do you, do you want to, to grow deeper in intimacy with him? Do you, do you want to fall back in love with his word and reading his word? Do you, do you want to cultivate a prayer life that maybe you've neglected for a time and, 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 and just have given yourself to other things and God is just removing things out of our lives and saying, would you come back to your first love? Would you come back to that place of simplicity? Would you come back to that place where, where I'm all you want and I'm all you care about and I've, I've removed so many concerns and, 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 and I'm telling you, like, at, in this time you can choose what you want your family's legacy when they look back on this time to be but you have to start doing it now you can't put it off for one day you can't even write a facebook post about what you want 
and expect that that's going to make it happen. You have to actually do it. If you want to pursue the Lord, you have to actually pursue Him. If you want to know Him more, you have to actually knock and seek and ask. If you want your family to come back to a place of, of maybe when we were less distracted and we were more in tune and engaged with each other personally, then you have to actually allow yourself to not be distracted and engage with your family. If you want to be able, be able to say this was a time where, where I was an example of walking in peace for the neighbors around me and where I made myself available to people and, and I showed them the kindness of God, not just in word, but in deed also, then you have to actually do. Your intentions mean nothing unless we actually act on them. And I just feel the heart of the Lord saying, listen, don't be afraid. Don't turn and flee. Don't wish you could go back to where you were. But no, I've called you to this battle. I've called you to this time because I believe in you because you believe in me. And I can trust you because you trust me. So Father, would you make us those people? Would you make us the Moses and the Davids? God, that, that, that have been with you when no one else was so that we can trust you when no one else does. That have, that have allowed you to be who you want to be for us in the little things so that the bigger things are just the next step of the journey in the good things that you prepared beforehand that we should walk in. Father, I thank you that you've never called us to a battle, that you didn't fully intend for us to win and fully believe that we were equipped to walk victoriously through. And I thank you that this, this time is, 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 is just like every other time, God, that, that we'll see your faithfulness, we'll see your hand, and on the other side of this, we'll be more sure of who you are and more sure of who you've called us to be. We thank you, God, for your presence, even now in our homes. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just continue to flood the homes, that you would bring peace and joy and laughter and fun that we would enjoy time with you, that it wouldn't feel like a burden or an obligation. It would feel like a joy and a get-to rather than a burden and a have-to. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so guys, during this time, if, if you have prayer requests, and normally I would say our prayer team's coming up front <laughs> right now if you need prayer for anything, but the truth of the matter is, is our prayer team would still love to pray for you. So if you have any prayer requests, you can send them to prayer at outreachchurch.net and they'll get passed to our prayer team and we'll be praying and believing and standing. Uh, if you have any needs during this time, we're going to do our best to try to help you with those. So you can send an email to connect at outreachchurch.net and that'll get passed around and shared with people. Uh, and we'll do our best to try to connect people that have with people that have need. Um, we love you guys. Uh, keep watching because there's going to be more things coming on the YouTube channel. We'll share them on social media. And uh, we're going we're gonna to make sure that we're doing everything we can to stay connected, but also just to stay on fire for Jesus so that the flames of revival would actually be fanned and grow during this time. And on the other side of this, we all look more like Jesus. And when we can gather together, imagine how amazing it's going to be during that time. Um, if you wanted to give your offering today and you were bummed because you couldn't, 
you can go online and give. Just go to the Outreach Church website, outreachchurch.net, and uh, there's a place there where you can give. You can mail it to the address that you'll find on the website, or you can just keep it and squirrel it away, and when we all get back together, we'll just have one big offering. Uh, however that works, we love you guys. Um, be blessed. Listen, put your hands out to receive, and, and we're just going to receive again that, the blessing of, 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 of Aaron. It's actually the blessing of the Lord that he gave to Aaron. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, amen. Love you guys. So excited to see you soon. Uh, have a great time with your families, and uh, we'll see you back here soon.